feature presentation. Welcome back to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. Matt, we're finally getting to it. The movie everybody has been waiting for, David O. Russell's Amsterdam. Yeah, embargo broke uh, a couple days ago. Uh, we just, you know, we got busy with stuff we haven't been able to record uh, until now. But uh, the movie, by the time you're listening to this, is probably playing in early screenings or it's playing tonight. That being said, we can get into the movie. Uh, is really bad. Really bad. It is. It is awful. Like, it is truly one of those movies that you are sitting there and watching and you are hoping that it will end and it keeps going on and on and on. And not only does it continue to go on, but it really doesn't know what it is or what it wants yeah. to be or what it's even saying. There's a couple times where Christian Bale's doctor character basically says, like, what is happening? And that's how I felt through this whole entire yeah. movie to the point where I think this is one of the most excruciating experiences I've ever had in a cinema. I've never been so happy to see end credits in my entire yeah. life from executive see... producer Drake. God, I I see a lot of movies with Eric, everyone. And Eric knows sometimes when he watches a movie with me, if I really don't like something, I'll be fidgeting. I'll, my head will be sideways. I'll kind of sigh loudly. I'll laugh at something. I'll, I'll kind of just roll my eyes and stuff like that. Like I try not to distract people from the movie, but Eric always is sitting right directly to my right usually. So like he, he feels when I don't like something. Rarely – does that happen the other way around? Usually Eric is, I mean this in the nicest way, but you're very kind of stoic when you watch a movie. I'll hear you laugh sometimes, but a lot of the times it's internal laughter too. Yes. Where like, um, you're just very, you're, you're professional and you're watching the movie. Um, where I'm a little bit more animated sometimes, or I'm just like not animated at all if I fall asleep or something like that. But, um, rarely happens, but this, I, I saw you fidgeting just like I was. I saw you laugh at certain things just like I was. I, I saw you like- Not that it was funny. Yeah. It was ironic laughter no. and how yeah. bad it was. And then throwing your hands up sometimes like I did going like, what? Like we would go like this if people are watching the video version. Like what is this choice? What is happening in this movie? Um, and it's just this mishmash of like- a bazillion different things and you know it has every actor on, on the face of the earth in it which a lot of david o russell movies do it has christian bale margot robbie john david washington chris rock anya taylor joy zoe saldana mike myers michael shannon timothy oliphant andrea riseborough uh taylor swift matthias schoenhartz uh, uh alessandro nivola uh rami malek <laughs> robert de niro just to name a few um leland orser Come on. And it, I know that's part of his kind of shtick. Um, you know, not in every movie he does, but in a lot of them, it's just like, all right, let's uh, kind of bring in everyone in, in small stunt casty kind of performances. Um, but Eric, should we tell people what the movie is? Do you even like, what is this movie? And then we can kind of get into it more. <laughs> that's, I mean, Matt, that is the question of the day. I guess uh, the top line, what's that top yeah, line? Okay. Synopsis? So, so I'm going to, I'm going to try to go through this in a way that will make We're not sense. spoiling anything. Cause it no. is sort of a mystery, but like, but it's really. all in the trailer in terms of what I'm going to, to mention. So this is basically in a nutshell, what the plot is. Um, the incoherent, convoluted plot 
uh, takes place in 1933, and it's about two friends uh, played by Christian Bale, who plays a uh, doctor who is a uh, World War One vet, and uh, his best friend, who's also a World War One vet, uh, a lawyer. They're investigating a, sp- a suspicious death of their former um general uh played by uh ed bigley jr in one of the most ridiculous cameos i think i've ever seen one of the actors i didn't mention but um and so this oh my god he's he's so bad i mean i like ed bigley jr but he's great in better call Saul. yeah but he is so terrible uh in in terms of being kind of a very literal performance um so they're investigating this suspicious death and this suspicious death basically becomes a crime caper conspiracy when a murder is framed on the good doctor and lawyer. And then we have a flashback sequence that goes back to World War One, 15 years earlier, where we see Bale's character uh, enlisting at the behest of his family-in-law and his wife specifically feeling that he needs more character and needs to be more esteemed. He's also half Jewish, so the family is very anti-Semitic. Um, he goes over to France. He meets John David Washington's character for the first time. They become friends. Um, they get injured in the line of duty. Uh, they end up going to a hospital where they meet the third in their uh, threesome, uh, which is uh, Margot Robbie's uh, noble nurse, who is French at first, but isn't French. And they all become kind of in simpatico in a way and go over to Amsterdam after the war and live this kind of bohemian lifestyle. John David Washington and Margot Robbie's characters fall in love while Bale is kind of like the third wheel, but still all friends and what have you. But then Bale needs to go back because he needs to kind of figure things out with his wife and his own life. Uh, Then we cut back to the 1930s where it's back to, you know, uh, Washington and Bale on the run trying to clear their good names. They reintroduce uh, Margot Robbie's character. We have a series of, as you mentioned, stunt casting kind of roles coming and going. Characters who you're not necessarily sure how they relate to one another unless they say how they relate to one another. Like there was a point where I was thinking, okay, wait, so Rami Malek is playing Margot Robbie's brother. And then Rami Malek is married to Anya Taylor joy. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And then Robert De Niro's involved. It's kind of a, you know, you mentioned, I think in your tweet that it's kind of trying to, but no, but Anya Taylor joy is wait, is she, I thought she, she was mar- I thought she was married to Rami Malek's character. Right, right. But then uh, on Wikipedia, which could be wrong, is saying that Rami Malek is her brother and Anya Taylor-Joy is her sister. But do they mean sister-in-law? Maybe it's sister-in-law cuz I got that it they, that they were married it's because romantic. They, yeah, unless there is an incestual thing going on that is not <laughs> Sure, <laughs> I, but it, but it does seem like that that. But that, there goes back to the convoluted part of it, right? Yes. I don't even. I think you pretty much set it up. A senator is killed. They're trying to figure out who did it and what the conspiracy is behind. Oh, it. a, a general, I, not senator. Sorry, is a general? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. oh, I thought De Niro was a general. Well, De Niro is also a general. 
because General General Meeks is the Ed Bigley Jr. character who's killed when he is in Italy um, under suspicious circumstances. Um, okay. Yeah. See, this sure. is this is this is. But he was a senator, though, too. Oh, That's okay. Why. So he was. Okay. So he, so was, he both. was both. So we're both right. Yeah. This is, guys. This is what the movie is. So <laughs> it's just like it's it's not a murder mystery, but it's sort of a murder mystery. It's a screwball like, comedy. Yeah. A crime caper. You put it well. Like when I tweeted out afterwards, and I was like, I didn't say whether it was a good thing or a bad thing. I was like, it felt to me like you know one of those Cohen crime capers, but with Adam McKay mixed in there, which sounds yeah. awful. And that's exactly what it is where it's kind of that self-righteous kind of com- uh, social commentary movie uh, using a, the crime caper in a period uh, uh, setting to kind of tell that. And, and it's zany at times, but then it's hyper violent at other times. And it's shocking with its, its deaths of big celebrities and things like that. And like hilariously. You know, the- so, <laughs> Cohen, yeah, there's one part where I I laughed really hard, and Eric Eric did too, and a couple other people messaged me like an unintentionally funny moment, which is a very stunt stunty thing, which is meant to more so be shocking, I think, rather than funny. But like, maybe it's supposed to be funny. I don't know. It's but- funny in the same way that when Samuel L. Jackson gets eaten by the shark in Deep Blue Sea, it's supposed to kind of shock you, but when you watch it now, it's almost comical. Yeah. And, um, you know, like Eric mentioned, it's just incredibly convoluted. Um, I think the stunt casting is incredibly distracting to the point where like, all right, this person shows up. They're only in one scene. Oh, they come back for one scene at the end kind of thing. Um, and it's just you. A lot of them are character actors, but like are big stars. And like, you're just like, why? why go that route instead of focusing on your core three and like really kind of having them as great actors and fill them up with like less recognizable character actors. But it is that kind of flashy trailer, you know, um, studio comedy of like, here's all the people that are in the movie. Look at how the ensemble cast of this thing. And like, it just plays out very strangely in in the sense of just like the mystery doesn't isn't satisfying by the end because you're just like okay it's both out of left field but also kind of predictable um you know what it's trying to say is very heavy-handed on the nose kind of like um of trying to relate it back to you know today and how you know u.s you know, history is kind of played out and things like that. And um, I don't know, like it's just, there's so much going on. None of it is really funny. None of it is very exciting. Um, It is very confusing. I thought, you know, Christian Bale is, you know, like what we said in Thor is like, he's always good, even if the material's not good. Um, You know, Margot Robbie, who I really like, I'm like, she's fine. Um, Weirdly, I thought John David Washington was very you know wooden and like yeah you use wooden i think stiff like you know and it's both like one of those things where i'm starting to go do i like him as an actor and like i don't know if this movie just broke me a little bit but well tenet though as well i think christopher nolan and david o russell have gotten kind of you know i the reason why i use wooden as well is because his his last name his character's last name is woodman um it it, it does feel like woodsman yeah woodsman yeah yeah. it, it, it they don't understand how to lock into you know maybe he he kind of reminds me a little bit of val kilmer where like yeah there are some directors and some movies where he works and then there are other times where 
it just doesn't. And like, obviously he's amazing in Spike Lee's black Klansman and Spike yeah. Lee was able to get something out of him. That was very charismatic and affable and, and, and funny. And I like him in old man in the gun. And yeah. Uh... Yeah. But I mean, like that's a very small role as well. And like, you know, even uh, with ballers, like, like it's just something where it's like, it kind of feels like this is his time. And, and, you know, he's working with a lot of big names. But with Tenet, movers. Malcolm and Marie, and then this, I'm like, I don't know, bro. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't yeah. know. Like, I, I'm starting to go, like, he, his delivery is just very stiff. And it's just like, he, I don't know if it's the characters that he's being cast as or, or what, but it's always just like, deliver my line. And then that's it. And it's just like, oh, okay. He has <laughs> no like, chemistry with either Bale or no. Margot Robbie. And it's like, you're watching and it's like, wait, these people are best friends? And yeah. It, it, it's like, you have to be told that they're best friends. <laughs> it, it's just like, for such a, something that's supposed to be the zany crime caper, like he just, like Christian Bale is really giving that over the top kind of performance, right? Margot Robbie, even to an extent, like the mental health stuff's not great and like, uh, like all that kind of stuff. But like, um, John David Washington is just, yeah, he's so stiff or wooden is, is perfect. And then you have all the stunt casting. Mike Myers is doing his inglorious bastards thing where you're like, really, you're just going to do the same thing. Like, yeah. You're just really going to do the exact same thing you did in that movie. I'm like, okay. Uh, Chris Rock is Chris Rock. You're like, all right, cool. I love Anya Taylor joy, but she's not really given anything to do. Um, you know, fucking, uh, I Rami Malek just again, you're like, okay, that's, that's your thing. And you're going to just do that in every movie too. So it's just like, you're getting a lot of that throughout the movie. And then you have like Matthias Schoenhardt's playing like a, an American detective, I think. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Like, and and um, Alessandro Nivola as well, who um, both actors I really like quite a bit I'm as detectives. Insane. And you're just kind of like it, it, it's and, and, and even Andrea Riceboro, where it's like it, it's like you have this amazing cast, you know, basically doing bad improv for a lot of it. Or it feels like bad improv because the script is so scattershot in what it is attempting to achieve. I, I think it's one of those movies that it's trying to say everything, but it ultimately says nothing at all when it yeah. comes to, um, you know, it's social commentary on reflecting both the past and present in terms of, you know, um, a civil unrest within uh, a country and yeah, being, divi yeah, and and being divided like and also kind of being able to um, suss out um, the, darker aspects of uh american life and something that is kind of being corrupted which is you know the 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 kind of nazism and the in the early inklings of world war ii which again like it isn't really saying anything profound or even surprising in how it's even brought up like it's like oh yeah like okay the first world war ended and you know we're, we're 15 years um you know removed from the first war so and that's the other thing it's funny that that both um margot robbie and john david washington don't look like they've aged at all in 15 years you just like put christian a go bale they like put like time has just him. savaged him and i guess you could you could you could basically say well oh you know he was he was addicted to drugs and like yeah, it took he, his time and things he like got that. injured bad in the war and stuff like that too. yeah and even even it's sort of commentary on you know veterans being mistreated after the yeah. war and people with facial differences and you know um having to live with disabilities like it kind of feels like it's not really making any kind of point and 
it's almost just all for show, which yeah. makes it weirdly more um, intolerable to watch because you feel that David O. Russell is not really, you know, treating doing anything. Like, yeah, yeah, he's like, not advocating for anything. Yeah. He's just kind of being it's like, a oh, look at Bale. Yeah. Look at Bale with one eye. And, and yeah, here's some, uh, you know, here's some practical effects I can put on people's bodies and show yeah. their, you know things that happen to them to be shocking whether it's a surgery sequence or you know the veterans coming in and and, and stuff like that like it has that dark edge that these like you know it's a zany comedy that's very like goofy but then has these very intense violent moments and things like that that you know it's a weird fine line to kind of balance and and if you become too showy and too zany and you can't balance those tones very well you get this mishmash of whatever this movie is and like to go on a positive note like i think like um like i liked the sequences out in the city and like the production design and 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 the you know it's obviously like an expensive ish movie for what it is like you can really tell that you know i don't necessarily think it ever looked cheap um maybe from the cinematography or something you can talk about eric but like i meant from like the the production of it all still felt like you know uh, expensive and felt like i did like the production design of the movie and the commitment to the 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 period yeah i Uh, get what you're saying with that where like it it, you know depression era new york it it does have a look and feel to it even if it is very digital, but I mean, I I think the biggest problem I have with the cinematography is that Emmanuel Lubinsky, who who is a great cinematographer, obviously. Oh, that opening know, sequence with the handheld camera stuff was awful. Well, yeah, and 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 for those you know who know his work, I mean, obviously, yeah. he, he's done a lot with Alfonso Cuarón and Terrence Malick, and that kind of like floating camera, yeah, kind of moving around <laughs> with even the characters is it doesn't work with that kind of for idiosyncratic, this. dysfunctional style that. A Russell is known for because you you can't have chaos on chaos and even though there's a poetry and beauty sometimes to the way that Lubinsky shoots his stuff when it's kind of free floating and and moving around but in this case it's so disruptive of the narrative that you're kind of focused so much on the camera moving around an autopsy table or, you know, moving around, you know, sequences. Uh, There's a moment where Margot Robbie's on a swing and it reminded me so much of the thin red line when there's a scene where um, he's thinking about his wife and she's on a swing outside. And it's just like, okay, is he trying to replicate some of that style, but it doesn't really mesh. And then with the plot and story, like, it being so kind of impenetrable with its narrative and, and, and it's not that kind of narrative with like, you know, you mentioned the Coen brothers and again, like the Coen brothers, you always give the benefit of the doubt when it comes to their stories, not maybe clicking the first time around. It's like, Oh, you know, they're, they're, they're very smart people. They know what they're doing with their stories and, you know, their movies require more than one watch, not because you don't necessarily understand what's going on, but you appreciate it more on, on second and third viewings. And you can kind of, you know, um, dissect certain things about them where this, it almost feels like, Oh, Russell's being very smug with his storytelling where it's like, you know what? uh, People might not get it because it's just too complicated or complex or, you know, high Brown. It's not, it's just, it's, it's convoluted for the sake of being, uh, you know, overly complex and, 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 and plot driven. And, 
No, like, the best mysteries give you those clues that let you solve them by the end of it. And I don't think that this movie really gives you that. No, it just kind of at a left field goes, this is what it's about. And you go, oh, okay. Yeah, it's telling, not showing. And yeah. it's also the dialogue isn't snappy or or doesn't have that sort of rat-a-tat kind of dialogue that he's going for with like again there's a lot of filmmakers from that period in the 1930s and 40s um specifically Preston Sturgis and Ernst Lubitsch who you know the Coen brothers are big fans of and and so is someone like Greta Gerwig who understand that kind of rapport and and that kind of movement within the language um this never comes to life at any point and it does feel like there's a scene where they're you know coming up with songs where they're pulling sort of you know words out of a hat this is what that whole movie feels like it just kind of feels like a, a, an addition of whose line is it anyways but with a professional cast of actors who should know better and understand that they're not improv artists and it just feels so scattershot to the point where when you're watching this thing like you never know where you're going to be half the time it doesn't land um mm-hmm. you're just waiting for this thing to to wrap up and it never mm-hmm. does you know it's allegory with the the, the cuckoo being parasitic it's just yeah. like it it's just so obvious and it's it's to the point of where it really does frustrate you to enraging you and it's like what a waste of time what a waste of talent what a waste of you know material in general because i love that period of of of, you know new york in that time and and um i think that that could have worked as a storyline but it's just so it's so up its own ass where it's like it's thinking that it's this great sort of story in terms of its layering and its design but it never really goes anywhere other than down the toilet and it's just like it's hard to watch. It's really, it really it's was. almost it unwatchable. Was, it um it was one of the toughest things to kind of get through <laughs> this year. I and that's not hyperbole. And that's no. like again, not like like watch the movie to, and you will you will be like, is this film done and you're 20 minutes in? <laughs> like at least be funny or at least be like have a good mystery behind it or anything like that. And like again, I'm not I'm just not a fan of like big stunt casty movies either, of just like give these people something to do or have a reason to have them in your movie, not just because they're a face and a name for a trailer, right? Like that's all it is. It's like Mike Myers and and Michael Shannon aren't necessarily the best two people for those roles. It's because they're Mike Myers and, and and Michael Shannon and you can throw them in, in, in a trailer. Zoe Saldana and like Anya Taylor joy, like they don't have anything to do. It's just like, it's literally to be like boom, 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 boom on a marketing thing where it's just like there's no reason to cast those people. They're great actors and like they're not even doing a bad job per se. I think the movies, you know, the script is awful and the direction's not great and like and and it's not necessarily the actor's fault in most of it and everyone is serviceable for what they're given it's just they're not given much and like it just makes it kind of distracting and then the whole thing is just completely unfunny when it thinks it's being funny um and then the mystery behind it is just kind of like going through the motions until ultimately it takes way too long to get there and then when you do get there you're like oh that's it and also 
you didn't really give me anything to get here. You just kind of like, there's like, I'm not revealing anything, but it just pans up to show one thing and then kind of tells you, not shows you what the movie is about. And then you're like, oh God, that, well, how, how so are bad. you one? The audience could have never gotten that never other than like some symbolism in, in some other, you know, things throughout the movie that I guess you maybe could have put two and two together there. Um, but that reveal of like that was the big aha moment of like you should have noticed this is like, well, you never gave me enough to notice this. And like, you know, a glass onion, which we have reviewed. Check check that out. A, a fantastic, fun, zany mystery <laughs> movie. That also has with, some which, social commentary and reacts and also to the world we live in. A huge cast with a lot of big names or at least great character actors, right? Like, and is using them and gives them all something to do. And like, yeah, like you said, has a social commentary, has a mystery where you go back and you you check off the boxes of going, I should have noticed that. I should have noticed that. Like, it has all those check pieces there. Checkbox. Yeah, like you you, it has all those pieces for you to solve it, right? It's not just up its own ass and trying to think. That's the Adam McKay thing that I compare. And then the Coen Brothers. It reminds me of like Burn After Reading or or even. Um, uh, the Tom, like one of the Tom Hanks fucking movie. That's oh, the Lady Killers, which Lady is the re- remake. Like, but 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 a lot of their movies are like that, where it's like yeah. a serious man. You know, yeah, like there, there's sure. a line in a serious man where they're it's great like, at accept the mystery. You know, and and they're great at that tone, that tonal balance, right? Where they can have some ridiculously funny moments that are dark and or zany in their movies with a, with great actors but like they have that balance and and that fine line that like um that they're able to kind of toe where i don't think russell is in this movie at all and then it has that adam mckay obnoxiousness in it with whether it's the text on screen the self-righteous political com social commentary the multiple voiceovers like, yeah like the voiceovers that come and go and make absolutely no fucking sense it's just like that kind of shit is when when i tweeted that being like it feels like a coen brothers caper on trailer and on paper and then it has this layer of adam mckay obnoxiousness that you got in like don't look up and was done better in in his other movies uh well his previous two but like it, it just will bail also being in vice right yeah and in the, in the big uh, short short yeah so like i think it's it really is the perfect summation of what this movie is and then you have the david o russell layer of just being you know this ensemble piece with that kind of dialogue that he tries to do and stuff like that and it's just like none of it comes together it's it's like you threw a bunch of shit in a blender and hoped it worked because you had a bunch of big actors and it doesn't work at all i think it's uh it's it was hard to get through i'm gonna give the movie a 1.5 and i'm sort of being generous because i thought it like some of the production design i didn't mind and um I laughed unintentionally laughed at a scene and I think like Bale and Robbie and the actors aren't are fine they're just not given much to do yeah I, I think another thing with David O. Russell's style is that you saw him kind of reinvent himself a little bit after I Heart Huckabee's with the fighter in that he kind of centered it more on character and the idiosyncratic nature of 
you know, the individual or how they work within a family dynamic. And that works well for the fighter. And that works pretty well for Silver Linings playbook. But then he kept applying that to other movies as well with, you know, American Hustle and Joy. And he hasn't made a movie in in seven years. So um, it's like, you know, don't don't uh, uh, fix what isn't broken. But it's like that that style doesn't always work for every movie that you're making, whether you have kind of an eclectic cast of, of characters to kind of uh, choose from it's, it's that, that style is very specific to a more modern era. This doesn't work as well. And then there's that other kind of aspect of a lot of his movies that are period pieces, uh, specifically this one and American hustle. It does feel like the actors are just playing dress up. Like it's like it's oh just. My God. It's, I, yeah, I don't like American Hustle at all. Yeah, it's it's got that kind of like okay, well, it's just actors in costumes, you know, performing. It's all about the acting, and it never feels like you know Christian Bale does somewhat disappear because of his physicality, because of his commitment to the role, even though it still is a caricature um, of a performance in both American Hustle and in um, you know Amsterdam, and and somewhat in in the fighter, but then you see the real version of, of that guy and you kind of realize, Oh, Bale was kind of spot on with that. But um, with those movies, like that's the other thing where it's like, Oh, it's just actors, you know, dressing up where with the Coen yeah. brothers, even though there are things that are, are, are thematic in, in, in all of their, you know, there's that through line there, there's a variation. They know how much to interject of themselves, but also kind of, you know, serve the story first and foremost. And with that, Oh, Russell does not understand. He's just completely in love with his own material to the point where it's so self-indulgent and obnoxious and um, just, it, it's a slog of a watch and it, it never really feels like it clicks or goes together. And for that, like I'm giving it a one out of five. Woo. Eric doesn't give ones very often. I, uh, I, I, I almost went there. Um, I don't give ones that often either, but you, sometimes you got to make a statement and I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go 1.5. Eric goes one. Uh, I think we're both in agreement though. Just, you know, they're trying to trick you to see this <laughs> and, and don't do it. Um, thank you all for watching or listening. Uh, we do appreciate it. Uh, you guys can check out uh, a bunch of other stuff we have right now. Um, if you're into uh, spooky season right now and you like the MCU, we have a review up for Werewolf by Night, which should be uh, streaming right now on Disney Plus as you're listening to this, depending on when I decide to post this. Um, uh, as well as our newest episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast, where Eric and I talk about new york and other things um so go check that out as well we went to new york that's the context there we went there last weekend so to the new york film festival opening night film white noise so uh, we'll talk about our trip and what we got up to there did we um, bring the noise find out and then uh all of our tiff content all of our other reviews over on the reviews channel uh we have reviews up for clerks three don't worry darling how to blow up a pipeline greatest beer run ever women talking pearl and or um triangle of sadness the banshees of inishirin empire of light glass onion like we mentioned the fablemans bros brother uh other things like that so go check all of those out we also have a wrap-up episode 
uh, of TIFF, which is our 132nd episode, and then a Last of Us trailer kind of reaction for our 133rd episode of the Untitled Movie Podcast. Uh, YouTube, podcast services, one-stop shop over on Letterboxd, Untitled underscore movies. Uh, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. I'm Eric Marchand. You can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. What happens in Amsterdam should stay in Amsterdam. <laughs>